welcome to F is for Film. Thank Our guest you. today is Ashley Williams. Oh. <laughs> and the film is Meats. Yes, please. Yes, you can say thank you. <laughs> We're a casual show here. Very, very casual. But actually, you know, I, you strike me as kind of a renaissance woman. You do a lot of things. That's such a compliment. And you do them very well. Oh, thank you. So talk to me about your career and, and your path to this moment. Yeah, well, I, you know, I've, I've been around a long time. I've been working since I was a young teenager in New York City. And I went to theater school at Boston University School for Fine Arts. And I got my BFA there. And then I graduated from there. I did a summer at Williamstown in the non-equity company. And then I got my equity card under, understudying Rachel Weiss and Gretchen Mull in the Paul Rudd show with Fred Weller called The Shape of Things. And then I went, great. it was a great show and a great first job for me. I understudied both the female roles and I was 22 and very honored. And then I moved to, I just came out to LA for a pilot season and I ended up booking a, a TV sitcom that ran for two years. And then I set up camp in LA for like 13 years. And then I moved back to New York probably five or six years ago and have been sort of living a nomadic lifestyle since then. Which is the artist's life. Yeah, it turns out. Yeah. Or or some may call it just desperation to try to just break even every year. That's the other thing we call that. <laughs> well, there's a there, it's a it's a you know, it's a life in the arts is a balancing act. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, especially now that I, I have two children now, so it's more complicated. So speaking of children, this project meets comes out of your very personal experiences as an expectant mother, grappling with the ambivalence of her body's craving for meat and her understanding of the impact of this consumption on the world. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about this and how you decided to manifest it in this way. Well, I've always, I've always been, I've always really loved eating meat and I've always felt really bad about that. And wanted to identify as vegan and vegetarian, but my body needs, I literally think my body needs the amino acids in meat in order to survive because I have tried to be vegan and vegetarian and my body just kind of falls apart. So then I've tried, you know, like eating only meat locally sourced from ethically humanely killed farms and that was great but very expensive and tedious and a lot of guilt and the the sort of bar about what's acceptable was felt a little bit amorphous and anyway I I feel like it in in the case of meats in the case of the short film I feel like it came down to someone's identity not being cohesive with or how, how somebody sees their own identity versus what their actual identity is. And that was sort of what I wanted to explore. But funnily enough, when I was pregnant, I ate a lot of meat with no guilt at all. <laughs> <laughs> a mom's got to do what she's got to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So one of the things that I've been doing for a few years is just doing a lot of research on, you know, the ethics of humane meat consumption. And so I've read... A lot of books. I read Eating Animals by Jonathan Safran Foer, the Michael Pollan books. I most recently read a book by Camus Davis called Killing It, which 
is about her own sort of coming into awareness about what she calls seed to sausage farming so that a, a farm plants the seed, grows the plants that then are fed to the animal, which then is killed on site and then made into sausage to feed the people who are planting the seeds, right? So it's all like sort of a perfect, beautiful little circle there. And I became, As it once was before industrial farming. Exactly. So I became really interested in this character of a female butcher, which became even more interesting to me when I realized maybe that she is wants to be vegan. I just like the idea of a woman, you know, dealing with her own harnessing of her own power and how that relates to how she, you know, identifies in the world. And I, I became really interested in that subject. So then I wrote Meats and then I ended up optioning the book, Killing It. And now I'm writing a TV show about it, which is basically about a woman who works for a vegan magazine and gets fired because she wants to write an article about what the readership who, because there's this thing where people, people who are vegetarian every three or four months will go out to KFC at three in the morning when no one's looking and eat a bucket of chicken. She says, you know, what, what do we do for those people? You know, what, what about the people whose bodies want meat, but they feel terrible about it? What can we do for them? Let's, let's do a story about seed to sausage farming and she gets fired, but ends up going to this farm to learn about it anyway. And she sort of comes alive while she's there. So I'm writing that show right now. I don't know if it'll ever see the light of day, but it's very fun. But again, it captures that ambivalence and the tightrope people find themselves on sometimes. Yeah, and I have to say, like, ever since the, the pandemic hit, it sort of even brought that more to light for me because who, who are we as eaters when we're alone? You know, the, the inciting incident in this short film meets is that it's Thanksgiving night and everybody else, you know, she's this vegan woman has made a tofurkey, but her sister is a meat eater. So she, she wraps up the turkey and she wraps up the tofurkey and she's got all the leftovers and she's in the kitchen. And once everybody's asleep, she just says, Oh, screw it. And opens up the refrigerator and just starts shoving the turkey meat in her mouth. And that's sort of a metaphor for, I think, what a lot of us did during the pandemic. You know, we suddenly didn't have to go to parties. We didn't have to show up for meetings. We didn't have to fit in our clothes. So who are we, you know, as consumers when there's no outside influence, there's no one to impress anymore. And that, that's been sort of interesting to study in myself. No, it is a fascinating time for self-reflection in general, right? And Speaking of that, I mean, you, you're in, in the film, your counterpart, the butcher, is a great reflection of your, your character's ambivalence. And uh, I really enjoyed what he, what he did. Yeah. yeah. Well, that guy is a real butcher. He was working. Oh, actually, when I found him, he was currently unemployed. But I was doing an internship at Jake's Butcher Shop in Chelsea Market. And... He had used to work there and I think had gone to work anywhere. It's a very small community of butchers in New York City, but he was available and game, you know, read the script and was willing to, you know, (laughs) do this crazy thing with me. But I didn't know if he would even be a good actor. That was not really part of my, you know, requirement for the job. It was really, can you help me do this lamb carcass justice was really the number one you know job description and we started there we started with how to 
how to take down a, a, a whole lamb. And then we started talking, you know, about what it's like for him. And he spent a little while working in a slaughterhouse as part of his training. So he had a really interesting, you know, outlook on all of it. And we did have a rehearsal, which I'm sure he was so weirded out by being somebody, not an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it was, he was awesome. And, and I think does a great job in the movie. It was also shot really beautifully. Oh, thank you. Roman Vasyanov. Yeah. Was your DP. Mm-hmm. How was that experience? Well, Roman's amazing. I was friends with him because my husband produced a movie called Triple Frontier, which was on Netflix. And Roman Vasinov was the DP of that movie. And he and I always had a giggle together. The movie, you know, had a, a tricky time getting off the ground. And so we ended up being in Hawaii together for a long time. And I was actually pregnant and gave birth to one of our kids during that time. And Roman just, we always just had a good relationship. He was just always funny and warm and kind to me. And he happened to be in town while I wanted to shoot me. It's this short film. He happened to be in town doing color correction on Triple Frontier, the Netflix movie. So he left the color correct at 5 p.m., came to uh, Chelsea Market where we shot, and he shot with me over the course of that whole night and then shot until about 7 a.m., and then he went straight back into the color correct. Wow. Poor guy. <laughs> but he uh, he really did me a... The things we do for art. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, especially this. I mean, he he was... It was so much fun. I mean, I, I made this really big, involved lookbook for the short ahead of time before I even knew who my DP was going to be, and I was meeting with these, like cool camera guys from Brooklyn who like knew how to shoot things on a, on a dime, which is what we had. And, and I was excited and it was, you know, great conversation talking to them and stuff. But when I heard that Roman was willing to meet with me, I got nervous and, you know, excited and added more to the lookbook and then showed up and I just couldn't stop talking. And he was like, Whoa, well, you're very passionate. Let's just do this for you. And I was like, seriously. And yeah, I just sort of jumped on him and was like, I can't believe you're going to do it. He's like, all right, all right, all right, all right. Just make sure you get me an Uber home at 7am because I'm going to be really tired. And I was like, you got it. But he did it all for free. And you know, getting to sort of go through his wish list for gear was interesting because, you know, we had so little money, but his aesthetic is expensive. So I, he had to compromise a little bit and I had to compromise a little bit, but we did shoot it on an Alexa Mini, which was very, you know, doable. And and I, I just learned I just learned a lot from him, you know. He really got it right away. He really got what I was looking for. No, it looks it looks absolutely fantastic. And then your finale your your final scenes are even more conflicting for me. Oh. I won't give them away, but I <laughs> I just kind of came... It's like, she's taking me around in circles now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was shot, actually, that was... I just called a... Spoiler alert, but I just called the sheep farm in Tennessee where we were for Christmas last year. And I, I just called around and said, can I just... Can I film some of your... Do you have any baby sheep? And the woman said, yeah, we've got a two-day-old baby sheep. And I said, great, can I, I just, I just need 20 minutes, you know, in a field at sunset. Is this possible? And literally I I rented a, like a C300 and my husband pointed it at me and I sort of barked commands at him about what to do. And um, (laughs) my, 
my son, my the perils of being married to a director. Oh yeah, my my oldest son was asleep in the car during the entire thing. He missed the whole thing, and so we just shot that. We shot that very quickly. Well, it, it's a very it's a very effective moment, and I, I love the through line that's coming through here, where you grab what's right next to you and you make it work. I mean, what other way is there? You know, there was there was a lot <laughs> right. of stuff though that wasn't planned and and you just have to adapt and I found that I just directed my first feature here in Vancouver and I found that as well like if you just look at what's right in front of you a lot of the time with a little tweak it can be way more compelling and captivating than what you imagined in your head ahead of time. And what was the experience of actually butchering a lamb like? Well you know in order to sort of be researched about this I did do an internship at this butcher shop for a month so I said I only wanted to work with lambs. You know, it's uh, it's complicated. I, I'll never eat lamb again. It turns my stomach to even think about it, you know? Wow. But at the same time, appropriately, respectfully butchering a lamb and making sure that all parts of that animal are ready to be eaten and appreciated is a way of really honoring that life. I think the, the worst thing to do is to you know, not use the whole animal or to butcher it improperly. That is the greatest disrespect. But, you know, we, funnily enough, as humans, we were originally, you know, cavemen, we were originally hunter, we were originally gatherers. So our stomachs were big and swollen, full of grain and vegetables. And then as we started to evolve and become a little bit smarter, we were able to make the tools to be able to hunt and then the more the added protein allowed our brains to get bigger and our stomachs to shrink down which then allowed us to have a consciousness about the ethics of meat eating so it's it's only because of our meat consumption that we're able now to study how we feel about it and to be conflicted about it which i find really interesting it's kind of an amazing thing to evolve in order to become self-conscious about what you've done to evolve right exactly and and we we shouldn't we don't need to be eating as much meat as we do, you know. But I do believe that for a body like a body like mine, I'm I'm O negative blood. I don't know if that has something to do with it. But when I don't eat meat for three months, I feel weak. I start fainting. I you know, I I don't have energy. And other people aren't like that. And and great. Then you don't have to eat meat. Phew, you know. So- it's a lucky thing. Now, what what have some of the reactions been to this film? Because I can only imagine that you're going to get a mixed but very intense and emotional reaction to this film. Yeah. Well, the first thing I did was I showed it to my best friend who's a vegetarian. And before anybody else saw it, I said, I need you to watch this. And she sat down and immediately started crying. <laughs> Like, okay, I don't know if that's because she's offended or she never wants to speak to me again or... What? But uh, then she couldn't look. There's this part where we actually do butcher the lamb and she could not watch that. But at the end of it, the end of the, the piece, which is, you know, less than 10 minutes long, she just said, you know, I feel like this fully encapsulates the conflict that I see amongst meat eaters because, you know, it's we're not going to be able to to get our whole society to become vegetarians. It's just not realistic. But if we can have people having conversations about it, that's an amazing step in the right direction. Just having an awareness about where our meat comes from is brave and hard and scary and true, truthful. And 
So she said, you have my blessing as a staunch vegetarian from childhood. You have my blessing to put this out into the world because I believe that there, there's a really important conversation that this short film is starting. And I, I said from the beginning, I'm not here to answer questions. I'm only here to ask them. So that, that's what I, I tried to achieve with this. I think that you've done it very well. I mean, the, the film definitely leaves you pondering many, many things. <laughs> Well, I would, I'm going to say this is probably a good place for us to stop our conversation. Yeah, sure. I could go on for hours, but I want to thank you for this chance to peek into the, your mind a bit. Oh, that's so, it's so lovely to have people want to talk to me about my short film. It's very rare. And... I am excited to see how people react to it. Oh, God, I hope it's all right. <laughs> I think it's going to be fine. I mean, as, as I'm saying, like, I do think this is a very necessary conversation. Yeah. And it's a, compli- it's a complicated issue. Thank you. Thank you for saying, yeah, I hope, I hope so. <laughs> I like that. Well, well done. And I am very, very excited to see what happens next. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ashley. Bye-bye. I appreciate you. Bye-bye.